morning. Welcome to Pigeon Post. My name's Michael. Um, I haven't done this in a while, so I'm getting back in the, the groove of things. And I thought I would just start with something um, really fundamental, really basic to what I'm trying to do here. So if you've never listened before, uh, maybe I shared this link with you, or maybe, um, maybe somebody else did, or you just stumbled upon it. What I'm going to try to do today is just share the gospel, um, basically as as I would do to with any stranger, you know, somebody that I just had a few minutes um, to talk to, um, or maybe somebody that knocked on my door um, to sell me something or or share something with me, um, because the gospel is universal. Um, Everybody needs to hear about Jesus. And uh, the thing that I fear is that we've heard about Jesus wrongly in America. People have heard that Jesus uh, is there to give you a warm, fuzzy feeling, like one of those um, uh, memes with um, you know, a landscape or, um, or some bunnies or something like that. Uh, or that Jesus is there to... Uh, to be like a genie, um, to grant all these wishes for you, um, like somebody like Joel Osteen or Creflo Dollar or someone like that might say. Or that Jesus did part of the work and um, you need to work and become a good person and basically complete the work that he did. Um, so most people have heard things about Jesus, uh, like he came, uh, we celebrate Christmas, um, to commemorate the, the coming of Jesus. Uh, where did he come from? Where was he at before Christmas? Um, or did he just, he, was he just kind of a good person that grew up like everybody else and was a good teacher and that's it? Um, so I don't know what you've heard about Jesus. Um, I'm doing this, kind of trying to do this impossible thing in about 15 minutes or so. Um, I'm on my way to work, and uh, I just want to share what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus with you. Um, so, if you've ever read the Bible, or at least portions of the Bible, some of it may have been kind of confusing or obscure or just uh, felt like ancient to you. Um, well, partly because it is ancient. Um, it is an ancient book. Um, it is legit, uh, but also because you kind of need to know what the unifying story of the Bible is. Um, it's really hard to just kind of dip in randomly somewhere um, and understand what's going on. Um, so I don't know what your worldview is. Um, I'm sure we all have a world. Everyone listening has a worldview. You have a view of the way that people are. You have a view of the way things work. You probably have some sense of morality. Um, even if you're an atheist, uh, you have some sense of right and wrong or things that are good and bad for people to do. Um, that kind of makes up our worldview, the way that we think things are supposed to be and the way things are. If I had to bet, I would say that you think there's something wrong with the world. Um, maybe you think that the main problem in the world is racism or poverty, or hunger, or uh, politics, or any one, of, any one of a number of things. 
or maybe you uh, just focus on positive things and kind of try to block out the other things. Either way, or uh, whatever your worldview is, um, I would bet that you think something is wrong with the world or that if we would just do something differently, that the world would get better. Um, so this is kind of a good place to dive into um, the, what we could call the Christian story or the story of the gospel. Um, so in Christianity, um, God created everything that is. Everything. He created man, woman, all the animals, the whole world, solar system, galaxies, universe, everything that is, God created it. It didn't come from nothing. Um, really hard to, to justify a belief that things came from nothing. Usually when um, someone says that they believe in science, um, they mean that they believe that there's sort of a uh, kind of a, a point that you which you can go back and say well this is how this got started but if you go right before that point how did that get there how did all that stuff get there how did the singularity get there or um, whatever it is you believe so um, Christianity solves that problem because God is uh, what they used to call the unmoved mover he is the first cause of everything. Um, so I'd ask you to kind of go there with me uh, just so you can hear the gospel, even if you decide at the end of this 15 minutes that uh, this is not this is not convincing me, um, then you can just um, you know take it or leave it. It's up to you. So that's where the story starts that God created all there is. But we look around at the world and we say, well, there's something wrong. Um, there's definitely something wrong with the world. Um, we have events like the Holocaust happen. We have wars. Uh, we have hunger. We have poverty. Is this all God's will? Is God in control of this world like this? And the answer to that is twofold. First, first of all, the answer is that um, there is sin in the world. And God did not create sin. Um, in fact, sin is comes from the disobedience of what God would have us do in his will. So the problems, um, whether it's disease or wars or um, uh, anything that goes wrong that seems off to us in the world um, is a result of sin. Um, so the Bible tells us that when he created man and woman that he gave them one rule and that they violated this rule and that brought sin into the world um, and I believe we all would have done the same thing in the same position um, we're fragile we're made from the dust but we're made to glorify God and to enjoy creation so now our problem is that we are sinful human beings. Um, now, if you don't believe that you're a sinful human being, um, let's just walk through a couple things. Um, if you've ever told a lie, um, many of us have told countless lies. We've told more lies than we can remember. Um, we are liars, right? That's what you would call someone who tells a lie. 
Um, if you've ever stolen anything, taken something that wasn't yours, um, you're a thief. Um, I'm a thief. Um, I'm including myself in this. This is, like I said, universal. This is true for all cultures at all times and all places. Um, look at uh, anything else uh, that that you know is wrong, you know you've done wrong things. Now you might say, well I've tried my best and I'm sorry for the things um, that I've done um, that were wrong. But being sorry doesn't, doesn't erase the crime. This is a crime against your creator. Um, and Jesus goes so far as to say, if you've ever hated anyone in your heart, um, that you're guilty of murder. If you've ever um, had anger or called a person a fool, um, or some kind of name, um, you're defacing the image of God in that person, because God created us all in his image. Um, so you're, you're calling that per person worthless. And um, Jesus says that you're in danger of going to hell for that. Um, if you've ever lusted inside your heart, um, Jesus says you're basically uh, taking license and liberty to do inside your head and in your heart um, what he commands you not to do. So no, it's not a victimless crime to uh, lust and um, have these sinful thoughts in your mind. Um, it's a crime against your creator. So if we start viewing all sin not as, oh, this didn't really hurt anybody that much, that's not the way that God defines sin. Uh, God defines sin as a violation against his character and his law. And we are all guilty. So now we find ourselves in a broken world that has really great things still. There's really great things in this world. Um, there's knowledge and truth and beauty. And those things are there to show us um, what could be called the fingerprints of God, air quotes. Um, you know, the, the mark that God has left, his mark of grace. These are things that we don't deserve. Theologians call it common grace. So we've got all these good things that we don't deserve. And yet those good things typically don't drive us to God. Um, in fact, they just make us feel like God likes us. Um, and that he's happy with us even though we are um, rebels in our heart and that we're, that we're sinning against him. Um, we sort of can forget about that because the sun comes up, um, especially if we have an easier Americanized life. Uh, the world is beautiful, we can get what we want and we don't think about these things too much. But I'd encourage you to think about one thing and that is, um, that we are all going to die. Um, death is uh, an ending for us, and, and nobody really can verify what's on the other side. You might have a belief that, oh, well, I just kind of go away into nothing, or I, I go back into the universe, or God is nice um, and loving. I've heard that God is loving, so he'll forgive uh, whatever I do. Um, the problem with that is, um, how do you know that? How do you know that God is just going to forgive whatever you do? Um, is it just kind of based on something that you think in your, in your mind? 
Um, can you trust your mind and your heart to give you true knowledge of God? Uh, being that, like we said, we're all sinners and rebels against God. Do you think that we have the proper view of him if we're always sinning against him? Uh, Christianity would say that our minds and our hearts are part of the things that are corrupt. That sin has infected everything. Even the way that we think and the way that we feel and the things that we desire. Um, I'll try to prove this to you real quick. Um, how much do you desire God? How much do you really want God? Now, maybe you feel like you want God a lot. That's great. That's awesome. Um, as a Christian, it, it's even hard for me sometimes to kind of um, be in touch with that or feel that as, as a true like desire in my heart. Not just something I think I should do, but something that I want. But the, the, the reason why this shows us a problem is because God, by definition, is the best and most beautiful thing that is. And yet we don't want him. We'd rather have a beer <laughs> and a nice dinner um, or, you know, whatever it is you're into. Um, you know, you'd rather have, you know, uh, Netflix and, and a bottle of wine or um, I'm not preaching against alcohol by any means. Um, I drink alcohol, by the way. So, um, but if we, if our greatest desire is a created object or thing or feeling and that desire doesn't, it just terminates on the thing that's created. It's sort of like, um, if we loved the toys that our parents gave us growing up more than our parents, um, so much so that we would just get a toy for Christmas and just look at that and fixate on that and just not even say thank you, not even develop a relationship with our parents, but throughout our entire life, we're just concerned with what we get from our parents and we never make that leap of actually loving our parents. Um, that, that picture kind of shows you what we do with God. So that is our problem. I've tried my best in a brief amount of time to describe the problem and spent most of the time on that. So in the last five minutes, maybe 10 minutes here, um, what is the solution? So I've laid out the Christian worldview, um, that there are good things and that those good things come from God and that there are uh, sinful things and things that have resulted from that sin and that has created all of the problems in the world. Um, so a Christian would say, yes, racism is a problem, it's a sin. And so our real problem is with God, and until we cure our problem with God, we won't cure our racism, for example. But let's take this in an individual sense. Uh, we are all rebels. You are a rebel against the king. What are you going to do? As a rebel against the king, the king, being God, is going to hunt you down and destroy you. Um, but you might say, well, God is forgiving. Yeah, God is forgiving, but he's also just. God is loving, but he's also holy. So we can't take one attribute or thing that we know about God and say, well, this thing is going to dictate 
everything I think about God, because I've heard God is loving, I'm going to impose my definition on him instead of letting him tell me how it is that he's loving. Well, here's what God says about how he's loving. Uh, John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So death is a signal that something bad is coming. The end is coming. The result of our sin. We were never meant to die and experience pain and sickness. These things are a mark of sin on our life. Um, and it's a mark that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming for those rebels against the king. Um, but the king has done something gracious. Grace, grace means that we didn't deserve it. The king has sent his own son as an ambassador. And not as an ambassador to uh, show us uh, how to make ourselves right with God, but to actually do the, the, the thing for us. Um, being sinful people, we have no basis of standing before a judge and saying, Judge, I'm going to rehabilitate myself, um, even though I've spent my whole life um, uh, destroying things and, and making things, uh, making sinful acts against you. Um, that, that's not the place of the criminal. The criminal is at the mercy of the court. And being that the judge is just, the judge will punish the crime. Um, and yet Jesus has come, and he died on a cross. He shed his blood as a payment. He took your punishment. Uh, because he is the Son of God, um, because of his, the worth of who he is, he can stand in your place. It's like a bullet is coming for you or a train is coming for you, and Jesus takes that hit instead of you. It's like there's a noose waiting for you to go around your neck, and somebody has to pay, and Jesus pays. It's like there's an infinite debt, a debt of millions of dollars that you could never pay, um, and Jesus pays the debt and gets you back into the black. That is what Jesus does for our, us worthless sinners. Um, he pays that debt for us on the cross. And he, God shows that this is accepted and that Jesus is who he said he is and shows that he will raise us from the dead someday by raising Jesus from the dead. So that mark of life now is there for us to see, to put our faith in Jesus. That Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead so that our sins are forgiven and that we will also have eternal life as a gift from God. So that might sound crazy to you. Maybe you've never heard that. Maybe you don't find it compelling. But my question to you is, if you do believe in God, and you do know that you're a sinner. How is your sin paid for if it's not paid for by Jesus? Are you just going to do good things and make up for it? 
and hope that God weighs out the good and the bad and basically overlooks the bad? If so, then what you are believing in is a God who is not just because he's not going to punish sin. He's going to let sin go unpunished and therefore uh, violate his own justice and holiness. Um, is that really who God says he is? I would encourage you, as our time is pretty much up, I'm almost at work, so I'm going to hit stop in a second. But I'd encourage you to pick up the Bible and read the Gospel of John. In fact, I have a series on the Gospel of John on this podcast, Pigeon Post. Uh, my good friend Ben reads uh, a chapter of the Gospel of John, and then um, I just say a few things about it, but it's mainly there just kind of to provide a little bit of guidance for you if you've never read through the Gospel of John, or maybe even if you have. Maybe there's a couple things you haven't thought about. So thank you so much for listening and letting me share. Um, you notice I didn't talk about, you know, all the great things Jesus would do in your life uh, in a physical sense. Um, but I didn't really get a lot of time to go into um, what happens when Jesus saves you and he brings you into the church and you're now part of a, of a family. So I'd encourage you to go uh, listen to the other podcast I made called The Gospel in Color, um, where I really get into what the entire worldview is of the gospel and what happens after um, you put your faith in Jesus, because it's not just uh, this, yeah, I put my faith in Jesus, and now what? Yeah, the big question is now what? But Jesus has uh, so much for you. Um, for all who put their faith in him. So, turning into the parking lot now. And, fortunately, I'm a few minutes late. That's not good. But thanks for listening once again. always like to make sure the car is stopped before I hit stop. So, have a lovely day. Bye. 